Oh, so welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. I have an exciting panel, exciting episode dealing with church and fitness, really kind of dealing with the phobias and I would say the controversy that surrounds why we have not embraced fitness as something that is spiritual uh, in the realm of the Christian faith. As always, if you want to keep uh, seeing amazing content, please subscribe to the link below because those cogent reports are expensive and I live in Chicago and everything in Chicago is expensive. So I have an amazing guest. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'll start with Coach Caleb. You can introduce yourself. Hey guys, my name is Coach Kayla. I'm an online personal trainer and nutrition coach. Um, prior to COVID, I traveled the country speaking on health, wellness, and fitness. During COVID, I am here at my house providing the same <laughs> health, wellness, and fitness services. So that's what I do. <laughs> awesome. Dr. Jonathan Shepard, you can introduce yourself. Yes, sir. Jonathan Shepard here. Board certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, chief medical director of Hope Health Systems, which is a large mental health organization in the state of Maryland, treating uh, the third largest number of children with mental health disorders uh, in the state. And uh, I'm here. Good, good. My brother, the one, the only, Joliet's finest, who has also promised to put me on the next album, Maurice, Elder Maurice Spears Sr., how you doing, sir? Bless you, brother. Uh, good to be here tonight. God bless all you all. Elder Maurice Spears, uh, Redeemed Church, also Operations Director for the YMCA Metropolitan Chicago. Uh, one of our branches is on the west side of Chicago and Humboldt Park as well, the McCormick Y, and Pilsen neighborhood, the Router Family YMCA. Awesome, awesome. And none other than the one, the only, the truest of the true. The truest of the truths, straight south side of Chicago, pastor, reverend, doctor, archbishop, and sometimes okay basketball player, Naaman Williams, if you could just introduce yourself. My name is Pastor Naaman Williams. I have no idea why I'm on a fitness panel. Um, <laughs> no, but the only thing I can think of is that I beat Cody in basketball in front of a whole bunch of people. So I guess he he respects me a little I do respect you. However, let me make a correction. You did not beat me. You beat Freedom Temple. I will not play. You beat Chris Taylor and them guys. And when I started coaching, that's what we won. You know, so I just want to make that correction. When I step on the court, it all goes down. We started winning. So I want to jump it off. Look, um, the reason why you know I wanted to have this is because you know grew up in a very spiritually focused faith, right? You know, um, as a believer, as Christian. Uh, and then I think on top of that, you know, as a fundamentalist, as a Pentecostal, you know, we focus so much on piety, godliness, you know, internal transformation, what have you. But it was like it was absent from physical exercise to the point that physical exercise was actually deemed as something almost improper or in, inappropriate. Um, not so much in my generation, uh, but definitely in my mother's generation and even before that. Right. Like. You know, if you kind of listen to their stories, they weren't allowed to go to gym class. Some of them weren't allowed to participate and really follow their their athletic dreams because it was sit, it was considered something taboo, not necessarily sinful, but a distraction, I think, is what I'm trying to get at. Right. So I think we have to address it from that. Uh, so I want to start 
uh, with Coach Keller because she has, to me, a very unique perspective as not only being a certified personal trainer, but also having that same upbringing and just some of her struggle. And then I want to throw it to Dr. Shepard uh, after Coach Keller is done. Dr. Shepard, what is the mental toll? And that'd be the question for you, that when the pulpit does not address um, the holistic human experience, right? What type of mental toll does that take on an individual that they feel like I can't uh, exercise because somehow it's ungodly? So Coach Kayla, I'll start with you. You're muted. You're muted. I sure was talking. I just started praying real quick. All right. Um, <laughs> so again, guys, my name is Coach Kayla. Um, again, I'm a, a online fitness nutritionist and all that good stuff. So my my background and kind of, I guess, the reason I'm on here is because I'm a PK. Grown in the church. I've, my, my father is a bishop out of Cincinnati, Ohio. So uh, mothers, I've, it's always been first daughter, first family, first this, first that. You know, we built churches from the ground up. I remember, um, uh, you know, putting drywall up, putting fiberglass up, like from the very beginning, from church, from Monday through Sunday, thrice on Wednesdays, twice on Fridays. Like that's my background, you know? And um, I was, my mother was always athletic, you know? So she was a dancer um, and in the church, you know, my parents were raised, um, were raised Baptist and apostolic. And so my mother, when she came to Cincinnati, um, we were under uh, Bishop Nichols, Bishop Alfred Nichols in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and so back in the day, uh, my mom just, just had the spirit of the Lord on her that, that told her to dance, you know, and being in that, that style of church, she was not allowed to dance. First of all, being a woman, second of all, dancing on the pulpit, like in the pulpit, what? Like that, that's craziness. So my mom talked to Bishop Nichols and, you know, he showed her in the Bible. Hey, David danced before the Lord and his clothes fell off. So I think you're OK. You know, so um, he allowed her to dance and she um, they end up starting the first liturgical dance company in the Midwestern region. Um, and so from that years ago, it, it spun off, you know, actually being able to dance and being physically active, you know, be covered, but be physically active on, on the pulpit and in church. Um, and so, you know, decades later, here I come and I'm a little wild child. I want to go play and wrestle and tussle and be like the boys. Um, and I remember playing basketball, my dad preaching on Sundays and he would never come to my basketball games because they were on Sundays. It was the Lord's Day. You weren't supposed to do anything but go to church, do church stuff and go home. And I remember him kind of feeling torn because we would win. Mom would be there and he wouldn't be a part. So he ended up starting kind of separating himself from that old school thought and opinion of like, this, this is OK. You know, things are 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 not are changing. And my thought process needs to change along with that. So I think there's a lot of church hurt, church misconception and church behind the times in terms of actually focusing on focusing on being healthy and what's really important in terms of our spiritual and our physical health in the Lord. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Shepard, as far as dealing with that, uh, Church hurt from a psychological standpoint. Uh, if if somebody comes to you and, and explains this, right, you you are blessed to be in the company of uh, great leaders in the body of faith. And sometimes there's ambiguity, there's gray area, right? What or how should you counsel them? Like, what would you say if somebody says I'm not allowed or uh, growing up, my pastor told me I cannot do this because uh, somehow that is not Christ like? What would you say from a psychological standpoint? 
Well, what I'm going to do, Cody, first, I'm going to go back to the question you asked me from the very beginning, because sure. I think that is a question that I want to tackle now and then lead into the second one. Because the coach, she just gave the great example of the mental toll of what happens when we don't allow people to exercise or exercise their gifts uh, within the church or the church community. Uh, people are playing games. And why is it that their parents can't go to the game? And now here you have a daughter who wants her father to be there at the game to share with her uh, dad the victories, share with her dad that time. Uh, we, we've got to stop doing this. Uh, the mental toll is heavy. There are so many different things that I look back now, uh, and thankfully I have parents who, uh, uh, you know, they, they went against the grain. You know, they were never the norm. And so, I, so that's how I just grew up. Uh, you know, even though there may, there may be things that came across the pulpit, if, if it was something that just was opinion. And that's one thing you have to understand. You have to know what's opinion versus what is uh, true to be formed uh, in doctrine. All right. I just said something there because a lot of folks say the doctrine and one of the, a lot of stuff is really a truly opinion. Uh, and so that was one of the things. And I understood. And again, I'm not knocking the opinions, but I understood why some people uh, thought that way uh, as uh, for certain things of being distractions. Uh, there are certain distractions, you know, so exercise or basketball and things like that. For some of them, it was a distraction. But for many of them, we need to get out there and get that physical fitness. So that mental toll of not being able to participate with that in the family was huge. And it, it, and, and it didn't just come down to basketball games. It was other areas uh, where uh, I saw where fathers were not participating pastors, leaders, they miss how their children were growing up in various different things because they did not allow themselves to go to those events. And uh, and now many of them are regretting it. Uh, I see it uh, and, and the children are living it out. So what do I say? What are the words I say to, uh, to pastors? Uh, you know, uh, and, I, and I do talk to pastors. I do talk to leaders about these various topics. I say to them, you need to be true to yourself uh, you need to be true to your family. Uh, if your child is interested in something like exercise, uh, playing games, basketball, football, I, I encourage you to push them forward and be involved. We've got to have more parents and more leaders who need to be involved in their families. Awesome. Love it. Uh, Maurice, you have the unique position to not only be a preacher of the gospel, but you also serve as a director within the YMCA, which is an institution basically dedicated uh, toward fitness. Um, has that created any gray areas for you or have you ever had uh, pushback from any side on yay, nays? We should, I remember uh, uh when I was earlier in my teens, you guys would have the family enrichment conference. I think you guys were one of the first churches that would have like a night of fitness. Right. And I think we kind of bit off that uh, as far as the, the youth retreat. So what has that experience been like for you? Yeah. Thank you. It's good to uh, be here with everybody. I think, uh, you know, for me, and again, it's me personally, I've never had an issue uh, separating it because uh, work was work. And I, and I always had the privilege of uh, being able to, you know, separate the expectation uh, that may have came along with that by being in a church, especially in the generation that I came in. So I came into a space where that that battle had been fought basically by young people in the church. Um, I'll kind of step back a little bit and, and kind of jump on a question that was asked a time in. My father coming up, uh, he was a 
a high school uh, basketball, well, playground legend in the Claire Courts coming up on the west side of Chicago. Uh, very gifted basketball player. And um, he was, and at that time, too, with the racial divide, he was one of a few African-American men on the Kennedy High School basketball team in the city of Cicero, which is was a big was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Very excellent basketball player. My my my, my grandmother, my, his fa- his mother, uh, and his father, Deacon Fears. My grandmother was a state super state Sunday school uh, field representative for Northern Illinois. She was a staunch missionary. She didn't come to one basketball game, wow. but Deacon Fears on the Deacon's board. He came to them all because it was on Friday nights, which was a church night. My grandmother came to one basketball game, the last one of his senior year. She came with a full suit, with the fur collar, <laughs> the hat on, the whole thing. And I think it tells the story of evolution, right? Because saints now, you know, they took some things to heart, you know, come out from among them and be separate. And, you know, and that necessarily as we've progressed through the years, some things were uh, not as, you know, heavy as they were stressing it to be. But I'm thankful they treated it that way because I can imagine where we would be now. So just imagine back in the 20s and 30s, if they say, oh, where's your mini skirt to church? You know, just think of the evolution uh, with setting some form of moral boundary somewhat of what sanctification is. Now we found out through living and as we go forward, education and opportunities that, hey, some things were okay. So I, I think in that estimation, the, the separation sometimes, and, and even now with our generation, my son, he's 13, just turned 13. He tells me some stuff I'm doing now is old. It's old school. And I'm looking at him like I was a pioneer <laughs> of, of breaking the trend, you know? So as we go forward, I think that, that kind of evolution of change, especially in the church, is going to keep revamping it. So long story short, my, my father had basketball scholarships, several universities, uh, in the United States, in Virgin Islands, across the country. He didn't take them, not because of that, but because he, he always said, because his head went on straight. But now he knows why he wasn't supposed to take them because of what he's doing doing now. So I think it's always a good opportunity to understand that there's a progression in this thing, and some stuff is definitely way off base. and not It's not that serious, but I think it kind of helped us be able to kind of be where we are today. I love it. Pastor Naaman, uh, you have the unique perspective um, as as a pastor. You have, um, as as political commentaries uh, would suggest, you have the bully pulpit, right? Um, I, <laughs> growing up in the first family as well, I've had some very interesting conversations um, listening to other pastors and kind of their feeling toward fitness and other things that was. Uh, let's say shaking my head, right? Things that I totally disagreed with um, <laughs> without, you know, putting anybody on blast, but just to me, unsubstantiated claims, right? Um, have you ever, or, and especially when you're, you're talking about dealing with the inner city youth, you're dealing with black and brown communities, obviously we know the health disparities that are associated in these communities. Has that been a focus? Has Has it been like, you know, I need to teach, on the importance of wellness, you know, like I can think of, you know, King Eglon, right? Like in, 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 in the old Testament, right. You know, like, has it, has it been something like the Lord has instructed you to do? And then has there been pushback maybe from an, an older demographic uh, of the church, not necessarily yours locals, but as far as voices that influence. 
First of all, it's an honor to be here, and thank you for the question, and thank you for having me, Cody. Um, Pushback, um, uh, Maurice would tell you how I'll probably look at pushback is, you know, it's it's whatever to to me. Um, I will say as far as the, um, as everything that you guys have talked about, my father was a playground legend as well, and um, I, I had a pretty good athletic career. Um, but it really took off one uh, in the in Chicago. They have something called JRW, Jackie Robinson West Baseball. And I had the opportunity to play baseball, but the parade was on a Sunday. My mom didn't want me to go because the parade was on a Sunday and I was a church musician. I think I was just playing drums at the time. But my father, because of his athletic background, he let me go. And what he did was is because the the route of the parade was going um, was passing my church. He had the whole church to meet me where I would be. So he just he only had 20 minutes of service and the whole church met me, me just for just for a parade. That moment right there really changed my life. And it let me know that, you know what, not only that my 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 pastor care about me, but my dad cares about me in, in, in another way. And, and from that, I believe that it has blessed me as far as my ideology and how I look at pastoring, how I look at leadership. I believe that we as leadership empower instead of um, try to control or manipulate someone's growth. And um, I feel just because of that moment that I had just seeing my whole church saying, we, we're glad for you, Junebug. I didn't even play that day. But just to see them out there, it lets me know, it let me know that wellness and the church actually can get along. It does not have to be, it does not have to be something separate. And I'll say this to you, and Maurice knows this, I've preached with the analogies of basketball rims inside of my pulpit. I've, t- I've, I've had a lot of pushback from from other preachers who saying, how could I, how could I have a basketball rim, you know, in, in, in my church, but people don't know that my church has grown through my athletic career. My, my Facebook, most of my Facebook friends are not church people. Most of my Facebook friends are from my athletic career. So I, I will never just turn, you know, turn away from that. Awesome. Awesome. Coach Kelly, this was for you. So, um, there, I think, is a double standard, right? And I think that's safe um, to say, um, particularly when it comes to the issue of gender. Um, I've heard from voices, <laughs> from select voices, um, some of the pushback uh, for women in fitness is because they deem it too sensual, right? Like, you know, I posted a video of my wife squatting. Let's just say I, I got some. I got a lot of good feedback from the fellas. It was like, man, you lucked up. I was like, I know, but you know, but it wasn't all. It wasn't all cool from some other side, right? Um, and to the point that it's that's where the fuel or some of the negativity is vibing off of, right? And I think that's totally unfair. I think exercise is exercise, right? I mean, um, do you do you feel like? And we've talked, Coach Kelly, you talked about like even when judging, you know, you talk about uh, the bikini contest, you talk about there's a difference between judging the men versus the women, right? Is that playing too also now in the realm of fitness as it comes to people of faith that there's like there's things or women shouldn't do this because is, is that a real issue? 
Absolutely. I think across the board, you're always going to have sexism. It's, 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 it's going to be there. It's still 2020, but it's, it's going to be there. Um, and when you look at it from a more historical uh, standpoint, um, it was always the men. You know, Christianity comes from a very patriarchal society where it's the men. The women are to be quiet. They are to be in the back. They are to be unseen, unheard. You know, and so now when you put women in the same category as doing the same thing men are doing now, there there's going to be a battle. And there's always going to be, OK, well, she shouldn't do that because she she's um, tempting other men to do X, Y and Z. You know, so you had your shirt off doing a bench press. Cool. Sure That's great fitness. Awesome job. You know, we mess with each other on your technique and your form. Right now, if your wife had a sports bra on, did the same thing. Why is there a difference? Right. She's covering up her holy parts. Amen. But why is there a difference? You know, and I think more importantly, when we look at um, kind of uh, how we operate inside of the church and we look at wellness outside of just the skin outside of that. Let's talk about how after church events, why do we always eat fried chicken? Why do the women that are usually the ones that are cooking always have to, you know, cook the same thing or, or put ourselves and our church members in a position of of being unhealthy? Like, why is that the standard? You know, so when we look at men versus women, I think it's across the board. Yes, we can look at the fitness aspect of women just naturally being, you know, uh, um, sexualized beings. That's humanity. That just is what it is. But I think more importantly, like, how can we change the culture of our church where the women can speak up and speak out, where the men can support those opinions? You might have that one sister girl that says, hey, let's do cucumber sandwiches after our church meeting instead of fried chicken. And then everyone else jumps in and says, no, just go ahead and make your mac and cheese, sister Gwendolyn, and we'll, we'll stay with that. You know, <laughs> so I, I don't think so much in terms of health and wellness, there's a battle between right. men and women, but I think that the, the battle is between our comfort and where we should be. You know, like the church, like I truly believe, like the church should be the forefront in protecting our health, the health of our communities, right? Whether that's spiritual health, whether that's physical health, whether that's mental, whether that's emotional, whether that's social, we hit everything else, but why do we always just jump over physical? It should all be even. The Bible talks about being even, being balanced in the Lord. So I think we've got to change the focus into how can we balance out health, nutrition, and wellness with spirituality? No, well said. I like that. And I, I, I totally um, glad you went there because I want to go there too. Uh, let's talk about that, that dealing with uh, balancing it all, right? And and I think you, you mentioned something, Coach Kayla. You talked about um, you know, the culture that is created when we don't, right? Um, toxic masculinity, right? It's a real thing, right? Uh, Dr. Shepard, um, you know, psychologically, have we created a very toxic environment, a male toxic environment in the church? And if so, because I love giving you two-part questions, I know you're you going to, you know, hit out the park. And, you know, when you invite me on your show, I'll return the favor. <laughs> How do we change the norm from a psychological standpoint of toxic masculinity? <laughs> How do you change the norm? First of all, people don't like change, so <laughs> let's just be honest with that. Uh, so, so it's gonna it, it's gonna take uh, the mind because anytime that you get ready to change something, it's it's a mindset. 
you know, and I think everybody on here would agree with me. You know, if you're gonna lose weight, you just don't get up and start losing weight. You you got to first see, you know, being done, and you got to know that it's a mindset. And so where we are, um, it's gonna take people of a flexible mindset, if I could, a flexibility to be able to move forward the agenda of what you're talking about, Cody. Um, you're talking about centuries. You know, you're talking about centuries, so you just can't move this stuff easily. Um, and you're talking about not just within the church, you're talking about within society as a whole uh, and how they uh, degrade women. Uh, you know, we're just now, you know, seeing and really in the last four years since Hillary Clinton um, uh, lost the election, you really have seen just a big turn in how. Uh, society is pushing up the the woman, uh, and so you know it's it's amazing. So how do you deal with that? You know, psychologically, um, it, it's going to take people to first of all want to change their mindset. Uh, again, I, you know, I'm I'm in the Kojic way. You know, that's all I have known. Uh, you know, and 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 in the Kojic way, uh, they are not about to ordain a woman. That's up. Um, right. <laughs> they, just, they just not gonna do it. But let me tell you. But let me these tell are the, you. These are the these are the words expressed solely by Dr. Shepard. Not, I just gotta put that disclaimer out there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I I know what I'm talking about, y'all. I, right. I he can't believe whatever you know. I say say like, all he be, be on something sometimes. I just be like, okay, whatever. But but let me tell you, I am so impressed by the women who do not allow that to stop them from being who God called them to be. You cannot stop somebody from being what they are called to do and called to be. You just you can't do it. And because of that, you know, we have to somewhere get in line and and, fit, and find and find hopefully a happy place. Because that is just true gospel right there. So again, some of the stuff that we do, uh, you know, hey, uh, I don't, and this is me personally, and you know, and, and, and you know, people can go back. I don't necessarily have a problem uh, with a woman who is a, a preacher. You know, there's women who've declared, um, you know, throughout the Bible. Uh, but uh, you know, before I digress too much. Because, you know, this show might come up and they might try to hold it against me if I decide to run for public office. <laughs> you know, he said that. <laughs> but, you know, psychologically, you know, Cody, it takes it takes somebody wanting to have an open mindset. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that. I will say this and I'm done. The pandemic has opened up many people. And we realize that with this pandemic, that time is not on our side. And so some of the stuff that we used to fight over, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter no more. Hmm. I like it. Pastor Naaman, uh, uh, Dr. Jonathan Shepard talked about having an open mindset uh, toward this, uh, and especially in relation not to just calling, uh, but to fitness. Uh, as a pastor, how do you create uh, that open mindset um, toward fitness? Like, is, do you have a, a specific series you do on it? Um, you know, like how, how do you mount it from, uh, basically the highest 
point of leadership within the local body, right? Like, how do you go about that? Uh, to be totally honest with you, I'm a little bit biased, and I probably should be saying this as a as a pastor. I have a a big youth department in my church, so I've kind of concentrated on a generation. It's because the generation that that is coming, they do not hold back what they feel. They say what they want to say, however they want to say it. So I've kind of like paid attention to them when it came down to actually <clears throat> physical wellness. Um, but the great thing about my uh, about our ministry, um, my my head missionary is a part of Gaza, and she lost over a hundred pounds. So she is tremendously active um, and have had a lot of our members from my church to join it. And um, it has been a, a blessing more or less in the ministry. Um, as far as a preaching series, I have to go with Dr. Shepherd. It's all a mindset. So whatever it is, if I'm talking about lay aside every weight in Hebrews, then I will talk about the the spiritual side, but there is a weight that we need to lay aside naturally as well. So in everything, I believe that there is a way to get the job done. Um, and going forward, I just believe the leaders have to be more comfortable having a board or people around them that don't necessarily agree with them. So we can look at things from a different angle and be able to um, um, broaden our horizons as leaders. Being Kojic, I only seen things one way. But because I'm a musician by trade, I got a chance to experience every denomination there is. And I've learned a lot from a lot of other people and a lot of other nationalities that I was able that that helped cultivate me. Um, even I'm culture to the bone, but it has cultivated me um, as a leader. So, I mean, that that's that's my outtake on it. Awesome. Elder Marie. So we talked about uh, cultivating and, and speaking toward. Um, this generation that is here and this upcoming generation for this millennials or generation Y, right? As, as someone who really keeps themselves to the ground and connects and then somebody who em embarked on their own uh, personal fitness journey, you know, I've kept in, in, in contact and seen the things you've posted. How has that transition been? Like, can, like for you and as a preacher, like, you know, it's not just talking the talk, but it's also going. You you post pictures of you riding your bike. Talk about that process. Yeah, I um, I and I'm gonna try to get get through the little shallow part first. I was one that um, I've always been active my entire life: basketball, football, track, around it, whatever. I was always thinking, and I was one. And I say this: I've never felt bad with my you know my weight. I've never had issues. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I, uh, I I just it just happened one particular evening. I began to have uh, feel a certain type of weight. Just wasn't feeling all together. And it was right up at my, my 40th birthday. So my birthday passed and I didn't feel good. I was just feeling, you know, couldn't even categorize it. So I went in, uh, my wife and I, and then uh, had some tests done. And I found out that I was uh, type 2 diabetic. Uh, so I went in that Friday. My doctor called me on Sunday morning at 7.30 in the morning, uh, asked me, was I sitting down? So I was like, okay, here we go. So she she said, had I actually had I been having uh, faint spells, had I been blacking out? I was like, no. She said, well, your A1C was 11.3. Um, and I had never had that test done before. So, and I always knew about the, the rigors of diabetes and what it could do and all of that. But in that moment, 
it was all placed in front of me. And she began to go down the litany of things that could happen uh, by the time I'm 50, by the time I'm 60. Uh, and she, when she got to 70, she was saying limbs and, and blindness and different things like that. And now let me say this, this is the shallow part. I've never been motivated to lose weight because I felt I felt okay. And really the only thing that motivated me to lose weight was a shirt I couldn't fit in Macy's. I'm just going to tell you what it is. Uh, it wasn't that it wasn't that they didn't if they didn't have it in my size. If they had a two X, I was cool. <laughs> but some shirts they only had it a large, and I couldn't. You know, that would be my motivation. But at that point, my motivation was facing me not being uh, fulfilling my destiny. That that that's what motivated me. My son and my wife, the ministry that God has laid before me. Right. So now He's giving me an opportunity to do something about it. And I think a lot of the times we miss. Uh, God, you know, letting us know about things to take advantage of that opportunity. So I went cold turkey. She was like, let's let's make a plan. I said, no, I'm cutting. I'm cutting it. Sugar out. I'm cutting out. my. Dog. I went cold turkey. And I'm going to tell you, with, without the Lord and without my wife uh, <laughs> changing our structure in our household. And, I, and it took about the first three months. I was an angry bear. I was, and our doctor said I was going through withdrawal, sugar withdrawal, what she was saying. And, uh, but I got on the path. I, at my highest, I was 304 pounds. I never would have thought it. My doctor said, she said, you don't even look it. And I went to my lowest, I was 228. So I've lost nearly 80 pounds, but I gained back about 12. I lost, went down 10 suit sizes, six waist uh, in the waist. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a large, you know, large, extra large. And um, it's, it's, it is, you know, have I changed personally? I would say I haven't. My wife would say I walk a little taller, uh, for sure. Uh, said, but I think the uh, we got to take opportunity. And I want to just jump on something we talk about the last one. I'll be done. Sure. I think a lot of the times, and we mentioned this. Uh, uh, Coach Khalil mentioned it. We have to look at this as a holistic approach to living to living right. Right. Those that are riotous living, uh, drinking, and uh, all the other sins that we we lift up. Right. We have to balance it out. And as the church, we have to give information and access. And we give information about Christ and access to living right, right? So we need to give information about doing well for ourselves. Our church have health fairs. My wife puts on a prayer walk run. We do a, a 3K walk run at our church. We've had a health fairs over the years. And we have to give the people access. we got to preach Jesus and give them access to eternal life. And we got to give them access to being, hey, take care of yourself. Push back the plate. And I'm in my segment with this. Bishop Blake, years ago, he sat down to eat at Bishop Marshall's church after he had preached. And they laid it out like, like Coach Kalia said. They had the chicken, the fried chicken, the greens, everything. And they filled this plate up. And they said he ate a little bit. He said, Bishop, you're not finished. You're not going to eat. He said, you know what? I live the fasting life. He said, when I can't control my portions on my plate, I don't eat everything on my plate. I live the fasting life. And when I, that always stuck with me. And now I really understand after getting some discipline that uh, you can do it. Hmm. I love it. I love it. And I love the, the personal story uh, that you shared. Thank you for your transparency and, and sharing that. And shout out to Bishop Blake, man. Shout out taking the um, not. Oh. I don't think any other presiding bishop would have retired. <laughs> you know? Shout out Real to quick. Bishop. Yeah. My, a, my A1C is a 5.6. Hey, so glory. that was a praise. I was, on, I, I, was music, on, I was only on medication. I was only on medication for uh probably two and a half months. Yeah. It pulled me off because it was going so good, but glory to God for that. Awesome. Yes, 
If I had music, I would have gave it to you right then and there, man. That was your that was your shout. I would have gave it to you, but I can't play, so I didn't I didn't learn. I can do other things though. But anyway, so Coach Kayla, so can we go? Can we go too far? Uh, you know, I don't think I've changed, right? I think I've been pretty consistent. You know, I'm anybody that knows me knows I've pretty much been consistent. I think I've gotten better, but I've been consistent. Um. You know, but sometimes, you know, t- you know, the video of me, you know, bitch pressing shirtless, that don't always, <laughs> I thought it was cool. You know, I, I like it, I, I, you know, but that don't always fly. You know, wife's cool with it. So, but it doesn't fly in all circles. But I don't see, you know, I just see it next time. I don't see it like, I'm just, you know, just me, whatever. I think, you know, I thought 315 was pretty cool and it was good for him. I'm going to call you out. That was good for him. I don't care what y'all think. So, can we though? Is is there, you know, we talk about uh, body imagery, you know, uh, just as there is toxic masculinity, there also might be, you know, toxic femininity, right? There might be um, uh, false claims on what or, or certain developments within a woman's physique, right? And I feel like it is appropriate, you know, as somebody in fitness, as a trainer yourself and as a woman, like, is there pressure to resemble a certain... Uh, feature or size is you know is is that like is if, if you don't hit this apex somehow it counts against you what is what is that uh conversation like honestly that is cultural right so different cultures like different things you know if you look at african americans typically we like the hourglass for the most part some may prefer different parts more than others but we like the hourglass whereas in other cultures they may prefer a flat butt you know, other cultures may prefer, you know, larger hips or whatever else. So it it is definitely cultural. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we forget that we have a culture that is in our DNA. We are from different places around Africa, but we forget that, hey, the, we, we have uh, a parts of our soul, parts of our spirit, like the, the spirit is connected through time, through space to God, to others. And we forget that. So, yes, there are are some people that may identify, you know, that may prefer certain things. But we have to understand, like, your body is a blessing of the Lord. Right. So this is what my mom always taught me, what her mom taught her. She said, when God gives you a gift, taking care of that gift shows you shows him your respect of him and your appreciation. So if God gave us our bodies and we are not cleaning our bodies, what does that show? Right. So everybody here, we, we, we have houses or apartments or whatever it may be. You know, God blessed us with those things. And if we live in trash and in filth and in whatever, that's going to get taken away, particularly if it was a blessing of God, because that my mom always said that's like a slap in God's face. So what are we doing with our bodies? God granted us. The uh, our, our bodies, it's only through one part of it. God granted us our body. So if we are not taking care of our, our temple in the position where we can actually go and work for him. What are we really doing? You know, so again, this this part is this. This is not a, a, a sexist thing. This is more of a hey, like culturally, you may like a see someone else may like B. You know, some guys prefer the Johnny Bravo kind of look with the big up top. You know, I like calves. That's just me, you know, so <laughs> people prefer different things, you know, but I think, again, 
<laughs> you know, I think again, more importantly, yeah. like we have to look at what what is our goal, what is our purpose. You know, whatsoever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. You know, are we doing it for a, a, a reason that is for sexuality? Am I trying to get this? Am I trying to get that? Or am I doing it to actually represent? Like, I, I think Christ, I'm non-denominational. OK, so I, I think that Christians have a problem um, doing missions to our own people because we don't look good. How can someone come up to someone else's house with groceries or with this or with that? They're out of breath. Their skin is detestable because they don't take care of their body. You know, their breath stinks. They're out of shape or this and that. So let's be real. A lot of times in church, we are not real. So how can we bring the glory of God to somebody else when we when we look terrible? We're terrible. Fat, we're out of shape. We've got everything jiggling that's not supposed to be jiggling. And we want to tell somebody, hey, let's talk about God. Jesus is amazing. Be like, is he really? Because I don't see it in you. People are going to see our physical selves first, right. not the spiritual. They may feel something. They may not be able to identify with their discernment what that something is. But I need God to be shown through my body. I, it, it took me such a long time as a young kid to realize what my gift was. You know, I was always taught some are preachers, some are teachers, some are this, some are that. And I'm just like, I do push-ups pretty daggone well. I can do me some sit-ups. You know, I can speak. I can do this. But that wasn't in the Bible. And it, it took me to mature in the Lord to realize that, hey, my ability to actually push people to do better in their own physical selves is something that the kingdom needs. Some preachers wheeze and they, they yell and they do all that. Some of them don't do it out of just fashion, even though that's another story. Some of them do it because they can't really breathe. <laughs> so how can we be vessels of God and our vessel looks like trash? Who wants that? <laughs> Who, Dr. Shepard, who wants that? You're a man, Dr. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just keep it real honest. I don't want it. Go ahead, Doc. You got it. Uh, <laughs> we take that trash out. That's what, that's what, <laughs> no, I mean, but she's right, though. You know, it's, you're absolutely right, Coach. You know, it. When, when I look at people, when I, I want to model myself after someone, I always look for someone who looks better than me or who's doing better than me. Um, and that same approach should be uh, when it comes to walking upright uh, as a Christian believer, uh, professionally, whatever you might do. Even if, you know, when you're mentoring, you should find somebody who is looking and doing better than you. Uh I mean, that should be the thing that you do. That's the ideal uh, mentor for you. And so, yes, that it, it, it is. Um, it, it is very troubling when I watch uh, sermons and I look at our leaders and uh, I'm thinking to my God, God, please don't let them pass out while I am up in here because I don't feel like do a CPR. Just I mean, just, it's just, you know, it, it, it is true. Um, and it's not because they just, uh, you know, God's. God takes them right then and there is just because they have not been living right uh, or treating their body right. And so there is a mixed message. Um, it's a mixed message when we, uh, you know, talk about the God of all creation, but yet all we see is men who are operating in within the church. 
we have to be careful of the messages. Um, I will never forget this. Um, when someone told me, and, 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 and I'm very careful now, even more, even more careful now when I speak, but we have to be careful of the subliminal messages that we are sending out. Sending out. Um, the, 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 the body language, uh, the things that we're sharing with people. Um, so if you say that God loves our people, he created us equally, and yet we don't see our youth, or yet we don't see women, or yet we always see is older black men, or whatever denomination you know, you know, if, if it's a Caucasian church or whatever, um, and, and if all you see is one sex, something's wrong there, uh, and we have to be careful of the message that we are sending out. Let me just say this too: uh, congratulations to uh, Maurice. That was an awesome testimony. I've known him for a long time, and when I saw him, I was like, man. I, I I mean it was it was it was joy to see. I had no clue, you know, of the things that he was going through. Uh, but I'll never forget Maurice invited me. It just it hit me uh, when, when I saw you. He invited me to come down to YMCA before I moved to um, uh, Baltimore. And this this has got to be. And you know what, Maurice, I still have that shirt that you gave me. <laughs> I can still I can still fit it. <laughs> you know why? Because I've been keeping my body. <laughs> that, that's the point. I keep up. Uh, I haven't always. And let me say this. Thanksgiving is coming. This is not the time just to say throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, let's practice some type of uh, restraint even on Thanksgiving Day. I love it. And wear your mask, too. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm at the gym. Almost. I'm like, dude, if you don't put your mask on, the dude almost made me sad. Anyway, so Maurice, Maurice, we're talking about sending the wrong message, and I know we're coming to a close here. Um, you know, I think this pandemic has um, showed us all that what we say and what we do and what we don't do has a voice to it, right? Um, and we have to really be careful, uh, not for necessarily the sake of being PC, but for the sake of just being right, right? Uh, like we have to really make sure that we're doing things intentfully, right. And intentionally, and that the, the aim is in line with the strategy. So as, as someone who has a lot of influence over the youth, as someone, um, who, uh, hand is on, I would say the pulse of the youth of the church, right. And as a preacher yourself, uh, what steps do you take to make sure that you're sending forth the proper message? Yeah, uh, great, great question. I think um, it goes back to one, one of my, it's a recent song, but I'm sure there's other variations throughout the years, but Confronting um, has a song on an album called uh, The Only Jesus. And it, and it just talks about that your life is going to be the only Jesus that some people may see. And um, I, I really feel like now more than ever, I think um uh, Leading in the way that God does uh, is most important. And I say that, and what I mean by that is this, that we don't know, the Bible tells us that we don't know the mind of God. And what we know of God is what he has left us in the scripture, right? And I was doing some reading, and God really wants us to lead in love and acceptance about people's character. And not necessarily... Uh, they fit a profile on how they look to meet a job or get something done. 
um, where, where King David was anointed king, the Bible says that his oldest brother came first and that um, Samuel, this is what Samuel said within himself. He, so he said to himself, this must be the one. Why did Samuel say that? Because Samuel's only uh, model for what a king should be was what God anointed in Saul. Saul was tall, stature above everybody. He looked like a king as far as what was the spoils around in the land. This is somebody that looked like a king. So, and God anointed Saul. So Samuel's only reference for that was Saul's stature, how he carried himself, his, his lineage in war and battle. But God spoke to Samuel after he spoke, after Samuel spoke within himself and said, no, I don't look on the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And I think a lot of the times that Dr. Shepard, he mentioned it, I think it's our effort in being deliberate and having some type of restraint and having discipline. And I think people a lot of times, I, I won't be able to look at somebody that may be well overweight and say, you know what, you're dishonoring God because of that. But if you're putting forth effort, and there's a struggle, and it's the balance of discipline in so many areas of our life. We, we got to be disciplined in not drinking alcohol, not disciplined in, in being whoremongers, not disciplined in uh, being backbiters, but also we need to be disciplined in how we take care of ourselves. And it's it is it is the moving around for our faith to believe Him to heal us. We can actually to transfer faith to us to be deliberate and doing better with our bodies. So it's about asking God for that discipline. And that's what I had to ask him for, a higher level of discipline and put that in reference to me taking care of my health, which I, I can exercise in so many other areas. I could believe God to heal you with cancer. I believe God to give me this job that I apply for. Well, I'm going to believe God that he's going to give me the discipline to pull my plate back, lessen my portions, don't eat a uh, six boxes, a six uh, pack of donuts from Intimates, chocolate frosted, not the devil's food, chocolate frosted. My God. By, by myself in three days. My God. And, and give me discipline. You know, I can eat one donut <laughs> every two weeks and I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> I needed I needed God to give me faith and discipline yes, to transfer it to that area. Because if I could believe for the job I got that I have don't have a degree for, I should be able to believe him to give me discipline to get further in him. Now, will I fit the bill? Because I'm still, according to standards, I'm, I'm six foot, so I should be 180 pounds, according to what the standard is, right? No, mm -hmm. I'm at my healthy self. My, my blood is where it should be. Everything is fine. And I'm asking God, keep me, God. Keep me help. okay? Keep me focused in this area. Now, Lord, let me transfer this faith to strengthen it uh, with my son. Let me transfer it to my son and help build him up. So I think we got to be able to take what we know of God and what he allows us to do and transfer faith and getting things done through him in every area of our life. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Coach Kelly, you want to say something? Yes, I love that. Like, you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of times we we look at the we look at the final project and we think we have to jump from where we start to the final thing. And that's not it. It's, it's about it's a process. You know, everything with God is a process. You know, it's it's never going to just jump up and, okay, now we, we, we've reached the end. You know, it's for God, yes, he sees the beginning and the end. But for us, it's, it's the journey. We've got to get there. So we've got to realize that, hey, yeah, we may have started at an A1C of 11 point whatever, but what's the journey of getting to where we want to be? You know, yes, we may be overweight and that's okay. Like, that's the thing. It's okay to recognize where we are right now. But let's recognize it with honesty. 
And let's recognize, let's really look at ourselves and say, hey, is my physical body hindering me from doing the things that God would have me to do? That's what the true message is. Right. So, again, when I when I gave the example of not being able to breathe, when you're walking up the steps trying to bring somebody a Thanksgiving basket, is your physical body hindering your spiritual self? And that's that, that's that's my true message outside of the kind of fun and the laughs and all that. Like, I, I think we really we, we forget, like you're saying, Elder, that there is a balance. We have to be balanced in our spirit as well as our mind as well as our body, as well as our finances, as well as there, there's so many things. But again, if we can really look in the mirror and see and really ask ourselves, am I glorifying God in my body? If I'm only doing it on the pulpit, is that really living a Christian life? Am I really following Jesus? Am I only doing it for others? What am I doing it for? So again, whatsoever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. But make sure that where you are physically, that it does not hinder the path and the message and the voice of God. Because like you mentioned with that Kirk Franklin song, a lot of times we are the God that people see. So am I representing God well in my walk, in my talk, in my look? Am I representing him? Sorry, I had to interject that. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. I appreciate it. Uh, name it, I'm gonna close it out with you, and then I'm gonna let everybody give their sign off. You know, I had to say the best for last, so I'm coming to you, my man, uh, because that's what we do here on It Is What It Is podcast. So, <laughs> name it. Um, you know, I Dr. Shepard talked about it, said we're coming into Thanksgiving, you know, this is not the time to throw it all away, right? We're gonna have, you know, I, I would say a massive gluttonous season for the next six weeks right, or in the next four or five weeks, and then everybody is going to try to start back in 2020. Um, obviously, that's the wrong approach, <laughs> and we don't even know if we're going to have a live watch meeting service because of COVID, right? So watch meeting service, um, you know, 2021. This is like the Super Bowl for pastors, right? This and Easter, right? Um, what, what part of the message or what, when you talk about realignment, I mean, there's always some type of focus for uh, 2021. I'm sure you've been in your prayer closet and you already kind of have that theme coming up. What, what is the message uh, for 2021? Oh, well, first I'm not having watch service because it's not safe. My church is not open. So I think that a lot of the things that we're talking about in fitness have to do with the decisions that come through the leaders as far as like having our churches open. So I just lost a best friend that was perfectly healthy from COVID-19. So I think when we talk about the physical part, it's, 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 it's decision-based as well. And a lot of times when you trust in leadership to put you in a safe environment, especially in the African-American Western church, we hold pastors to this unbelievable responsibility like we're perfect and lord knows i'm not and y'all can tell that already but um the message for me for 2021 is that everything has changed but god everything has changed but god church has changed how i look at church has changed everything has changed but god for he said he's the same today yesterday and forevermore but besides him 
everything has changed. My my outlook, we the the, the days of three and a half an hour services are gone. I mean, who even when we even those of us who take the vaccine, I mean, we one of the one of the problems that we're having, the churches that are open and whoever open, you open. But if you're open and you still having service for three hours, you're saying I'm putting my people in danger for three hours. So for me, that's part of my fitness. Part of my fitness is making sure that the people that respect my opinion, that I'm putting them in the best position where they can lose weight where we have the opportunity to lose weight and and, and things of that nature. So my message is everything has changed but God. And where are you at inside of the change? And I do believe, and I will say this, I do believe that the church is behind on the change. It's because we only know it one way. It's because we only have preached it one way. Um, Elifir said something very powerful. It's because Samuel only saw only had one example of a united king was Saul. So many of us that are preaching a particular way is because we've only seen it one type of way. So when 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 we have the different, um, as, as Coach has said, the different culture um, outlooks on the church as far as preaching and, and teaching and singing and, and worshiping, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a minister of music of a, of a huge organization. I'm a minister of music of a big choir. So right now there's no need, there's no need for me because it's a hundred, it's a hundred of them. Now who gonna be singing with a hundred voices anywhere? So I have to be able to look at this thing on how could I how can I make sure that everybody is safe? And I'm gonna close with this, Cody. I think us speaking about fitness in the pandemic, we have to be able to understand that there are certain places, there are certain things. That we sh- certain things that we shouldn't be around and certain places that we shouldn't be. And I think for us to have the opportunity of living a fit life is based upon our decisions in this pandemic. I love it. I love it. It's hard to hear about your friend. Yes, sir. Uh, where, where can they connect? Like, I want to thank all my guests. You know, coming up on the hour, I always try to keep it in time, on time, because I am the grandson of Bishop Marshall and I can feel him putting his arm around me from the grave. I've seen him sit preachers down for less. So I'm always going to be in time. That's why I don't preach long. Cause I see that arm when I was a kid, I was like, man, if that ever happened to me, I'd be so embarrassed. So Pastor Damon Williams, where can they connect with you, my man? Man, you can uh, meet me at namingwilliams.com uh, and you can look me up or you can meet me at a uh, bread of life or my Facebook page, uh, Naaman Williams. Awesome. Love it. The elder Maurice Fierce senior. Where can they connect with you, my man? Yes, sir. Uh, Maurice Fears on Facebook. Shout out my church, Redeemed Church, Pastor Fears, 1040 Rile, Joliet. And also want to uh, go to Instagram. It's not my account, but it's my son. It's Maurice Fears One. He's a musician. Check him out. Maurice Fears One on uh, Instagram. I'd rather you go there than come to my page. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Dr. Shepard, <laughs> where can they connect with you when you're going to have me back on the show, my man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it'll, it'll be, it'll hey, be, depends it, on which it, one you want to come back on. Hey, whatever show you want me, I yeah. almost said so wild, but I had to think about who was on this set. Whatever show you want to put me on, my man. I'm fortunate I got two podcasts. Actually, I have a true podcast, you all. Uh, it's on VidFlex TV. You should look us up. We just started it, um, myself and uh, 
Bishop C. Guy Robinson. Cody's been on there a, a few times actually now. I call Spirit in Mind, uh, where we look at mental health issues and biblical issues and how the two uh, form a critical collaboration. And so it's awesome. That's on Saturday, the 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Then I do another one on Fridays called Ask the Doctor. Uh, Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so check me out on one of those two. Um, and, you know, look me up, uh, Dr. J. Shep. Uh, I'll say this at the very, at the very end. Um, this pandemic has changed me. Uh, what I was doing prior to this pandemic, people never thought I'm doing what I, or, or that I had the capability of doing what I am doing right now. I didn't even know it. Uh, but what I have seen, and I want to encourage people out there, is that don't allow this time of isolation to stop the growth that you have experienced. Uh, God has put something deep down inside of you. And I tell people, uh, when I come out of this, I'm going to look so much better. And uh, and that's not bragging or anything like that, but I'm just telling you, don't, don't sleep on this pandemic. God has something for you. Awesome. And the words of Willie James Campbell, better, you know, so I hey. tell I totally appreciate it. And when I get my honorary doctor degree, I want to be on the Friday night. I've been on a Saturday uh, show. <laughs> been, uh, you know, they give you honorary degrees in the Church of God of Christ. Like, you're a doctor. <laughs> so, Coach Kayla, the one, the only, where can they connect with you? Guys, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it as well. Um, you can always connect with me at everything Coach Kayla. Okay. My website is Coach Kayla. Kayla is spelled C A I L A H. Same thing on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, um, type in Coach Kayla on YouTube. Now, I had, do have a new podcast, um, just changed my name. It's called Nutrition and Fitness Made Simple with me, Coach Kayla. So the biggest message is always design your body. God gave us the body so that we can design it to glorify him. And that is the most important thing. Let's glorify God in all that we do. Every day, all day, if we make mistakes, hey, it's okay. Yes, you might have a little bit too much mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, but it's okay. Get back up, do better the next day. Always think about do better the next day. CoachKayla.com, guys. That's it. Do better the next day. Like I said, a little sangria never hurt anybody. I've said that before and I'll say it again. Hey, so look, hey, look, I appreciate my guests. I'm so <laughs> grateful for these guys. <laughs> I'm working on some stuff for December. I'm thinking about some great content. I'm just trying to flush it out. Soon as I know, you'll know. But you know, Monday, 6.30 Central Standard Time, I'm here. Connect with me. All platforms, CBMK33 on Instagram. But I appreciate everybody. Till next time. Thanks.